0: Everyone and welcome to the My Mom is a Bitch podcast. I am your very terrible host, Jill Maragos. Uh yeah, it's been a little while, right? It's been since the end of 2021 that I've recorded any podcasts. Um <sighs> I'm, I'm sorry. I feel like a dick uh gotten a handful, I'm not gonna say tons, a handful of emails from people going. Where are you? <laughs> and uh, I've just been off in my own little world. I recorded an album, and a comedy album. Um, oh, I was going to say this. If anybody wants a free copy of my comedy album, if you're a listener, just send me an email at evilmompod at gmail.com. Tell me you want a copy of my album. Uh, it's pretty good. It's recorded on Helium Records called Live Through This. I'll just send you a little code that you put in. You go to a website, you put in the code, and you can download it for free because you've been through enough shit in your life. And also, uh, it's my little way of making it up to you for being absent for so long. I'm buying your love. (laughs) Okay, what else? What else did I do? Uh, Started going through menopause. That's been real fun. Um, And just some bouts of depression, anxiety, anxiety. And I think the most major thing that happened, which felt uh, the least worst out of everything, which I think is a little bit surprising, is I officially ended my relationship with my mother. And that's going to be what this episode is about. And uh, I'm not sure if this has to end the podcast entirely. Uh, And I do want to say, you know, this is where I'm at. This took whoosh. 10 years, probably, to get to this point. And uh, it's just where I'm at. So if you're listening to this going, I can't, I'm not, I'm not ready. You can't, she can't make me. You're right. No, you don't have to do anything in this podcast. This is just for your listening pleasure, I guess, or uh, just more reinforcement, I guess. I remember when I was back in therapy uh, eons ago when all of this started, and uh, okay, I want to say this as well, another tangent, I am probably going to repeat stuff because I I barely remember what I talked about <laughs> last year. Uh, so this might be a, a repetition here, uh, but uh, this started when my therapist would say things like, um, so do you think you want to keep having a relationship with your mother? And in my head way back then all i heard was okay she wants me to end my relationship with my mother and i can't do that i can this is what i can handle and this was uh, the correct place for me at the time but i in in my head what i heard was her telling me to end it versus asking me if i wanted to and that's probably what she was doing she was probably saying you know what do you what do you want what do you want to do and at the time, I tried to sort of tentatively kind of keep this open, ethereal, hypothetical surface-type relationship. And I would send uh, gift cards for Christmas and gift cards for her birthday uh, just to sort of be like, this is about all I can do, you know. And then she caught that off. And so we had nothing. Essentially, we had dwindled to nothing, which I was OK with as well. Um, even better. (laughs) So um, I was having a fast forward to last year in March, uh, end of March, I know this because I looked at the date on this letter. I got uh, a call from my Aunt Cynthia. And she was saying my mom asked her what happened with me? Where did it all go wrong? What what, you know, what happened? Uh, My aunt has her own filters and said it was probably this or that, which it wasn't. And um, I had complained to my Aunt Cynthia eight million times about my mom and my husband. I complained to him, my best friend and anybody who listened to you all. I would complained to you guys. Um, but I never said it to her, the source. And I thought, you know what? It's time. It's time to just tell her. And uh, I had listened to lots of books. OK. And I still do. And I endorse that. Okay, because the best thing I did, yeah, I, I know. She's a bitch, she's a narcissist, she has borderline personality disorder, but 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 <laughs> maybe if she knew that, maybe she changed. The thing that kind of got me to this point, and it was slow you guys, it wasn't overnight, we we're just like oh shit, I get it in my bones. It was uh it was the Colorado River, it was the Grand Canyon. It was a very slow methodical Uh, wearing away of the old garbage uh, until I understood it and I got it. So um, I think that there was something telling about having written this letter. It's very direct. I'm going to read it to you all. (laughs) And uh, I think that there is uh, something telling about the fact that I was ready to send it. I just felt ready. And uh, well, I'll tell you you all the story after. I Read it. Uh, I have not preface, I'm going to preface this. I'm prefacing lots of stuff today. I'm going to preface this by saying I've not read this letter since March 30th when I wrote it and uh, sent it. And I'll tell you the story about all that after I read it. But uh, all the books that I Oh, wait, let me (laughs) tell another preface. I'm prefacing the preface of the preface, you guys. (laughs) Oh, shit. Now all of my mistakes make sense, don't they? My menopausal brain just, like, can't remember words. It's ridiculous. Okay, Uh, this is what every book that I read about this that mentioned severing a relationship with a narcissist was just walk away. You don't send a letter you say, that's it, this is over. You don't explain yourself because that opens it up for dialogue. And in some situations, I agree with that. I have done it where I've just sent an email and said, hey, this is over. And then I just didn't respond to anything. But in this case, I felt compelled to state why. And I didn't leave a window open for her to respond. And you'll get that when I read it. But there are uh, lots of ways to do it. If you are are at this place where you're like, yeah, fuck that bitch, I'm done, uh, you can do something like this, or you could just be like, click, hang up the phone, and just block everything and never respond again. That's okay, too. However you need to take care of you is all right with me, and it should be all right with you, too. All right. So I'm going to open up this letter. Here we go. It's called What Happened. That's what I put it in my, that's why I uh, labeled it, because my Aunt Cynthia uh, was saying, uh, your mom wants to know what happened. <laughs> what happened? Oh, no. Let's see here. Here we go. Got to get the print real big because I forgot my cheaters. Okay, here's the letter. It doesn't open with anything. It just starts. Uh, here we go. I'm writing this letter solely to tell you directly why I will no longer have a relationship with you. It is in no way an opening for conversation. If you write me a letter... You should know I will not see it. I've asked Matt, that's my husband, to be the one to check the mail and if he sees a letter from you, to simply throw it out and not tell me. It was not okay when you gave both Louie, that's my brother, and me knives as young children and suggested that we fight until one of us dies simply because you didn't want to hear us fight anymore. It was not okay when you refused to speak to me or, more to the point, completely ignored me like I didn't even exist because of some simple mistake or sometimes perceived mistake. Say, for example, the time you talked and talked for a long time, I zoned out and stopped paying attention, and as a result, you ignored me for days. It was not okay that in order for you to talk to me again, I had to fall to my knees sobbing and beg you to talk to me again. Hey, want to know something interesting? Animals, including humans, feel like they're going to die when their primary caregiver abandons them. So you established a feeling in my little childhood self, very literally, where I felt like I was going to die. That is hardwired into my body still to this day. Just another thing I have to work against and overcome. It was not okay that when I was in sixth grade and came home and you were complaining about period cramps. I told you about a stretch they taught us in school that it might help relieve it. Trying as always to help you, and you, for some reason I still can't even understand, became very mad at me and screamed at me for that. It was not okay three years later when I was 13 and got my period. I was lying on my bedroom floor, curled up, crying, scared, and confused about becoming a woman and the changes happening to my body. And you said, why don't you do your exercises and walked out of the room, having held on to that anger about me suggesting a stretch for three years. It was not okay that you said things to me like, I wish your brother would die so I didn't have to deal with him anymore. What message does that convey to your other kid? Better be perfect or your mom will want you to die so she doesn't have to deal with you anymore. It was not okay that you vilified dad. Always saying how mean he was to you and how he screamed at you. He was a good guy. It was not okay for you to dump all your drama onto me as a little kid. All my life I had to sit and listen to you talk shit about dad and Louie and everyone else. I can't count the number of times you dumped on me that we could lose the house or how no calls were coming in and the business was going to go under. That's a lot. Too much, really, to dump on a kid. It was not okay that you accused me of stealing a watch from you. You found a watch on my desk that you had given to me for Christmas three years ago, and I had to convince Dad that it was mine. You'd, you hadn't seen it in three years because it hung from the visor in my car because the radio didn't work and I didn't have a clock in the car. That's how old I am, you guys. Lucky for me, it was worn. Guilty until proven innocent in your eyes. After you had to concede it was true, and I said, you're crazy because you just unjustly accused me of theft. Your uh, your anger for me had gotten even worse. God forbid I get mad for having been accused of stealing from you when I hadn't. It was not okay when you told my father on his deathbed that I knew he was sick and didn't bother to call. Who tries to upset a man who is sick in the hospital? It is not okay that you told me that you did that after he dies. Who tries to upset Someone whose father just died. It was not okay when you wanted to go to Haiti with a plastic surgeon, and I expressed my legitimate concerns for your health and well-being and a concern for the cost and a chipping down your savings. And you said I called you a quote-unquote skank, which I very much did not do. It was not okay when I asked if I give Matt blowjobs. Yeah, she asked me that, you guys. That was cute. And when I said no because it was a gross conversation I had with my mom, Uh, it was not okay when you said, uh, and when I said no, it was not okay when you said I couldn't be with my dad then because he liked blowjobs. I was his daughter. This was messed up on every level. It was hurtful and unloving when you tried to convince me not to go back to school for engineering because John Fadley, my high school boyfriend, was so much smarter than me and he had to drop out. It was hurtful and unloving when Matt asked for your blessing to ask me to marry him and you couldn't care less. No mention of it. Definitely no excitement of it. Just nothing. It was hurtful and unloving when on on the morning of my wedding you told me to hurry up and not use all the hot water in the shower because you still needed to get in there. It was hurtful and unloving when you made that day all about how your hair didn't turn out the way you wanted it to and never once came to see how I was doing never once came in to talk to me. Thank God Amy and Annabelle, those are my friends, uh, were there. And meanwhile, Aunt Chris and Aunt Cynthia are going out of their way to iron Matt's clothes and help him out, just the kind of people they are. It was hurtful and unloving when Matt decided to open his own business, and you told me that if things go wrong, we can go live with Matt's parents. It was hurtful and unloving when I called it to check on you after Dad's death, and you said, Remember the jewelry box on your dad's dresses that you love to look at? I threw it out yesterday. Intentionally cruel. It was hurtful and unloving when you came out to our house a month after dad died and said, I just want to be at home with my cats. It was hurtful and unloving when Ellen, my best friend, moved out of town and I put quite a few charges on that long distance bill. And at the time, you and dad were making really good money, but got mad at me and stopped speaking to me again because I was swamped with engineering homework and forgot to pay you for it. Zero compassion for your daughter. You just wanted your money. And of course, I gave it to you. It was hurtful and unloving to know that if I didn't call you, you wouldn't bother to call me. Years went by. You never picked up the phone. The one time you did call, you said it was an accident. and We got off the phone. It was hurtful and unloving that any anytime I asked for a ride somewhere as a kid, you acted like it was such a huge hassle. And... It was hurtful and unloving to me when you didn't bother to send an email or a text or anything to Matt for his birthday. I gave up on you being consistently kind to me years ago, but Matt has never been anything but kind and wonderful to you. He doesn't mind, but I do. It's a simple extension of your silent treatment head game that you now put on the person in the world that I love most, and that did it. These are just the things off the top of my head. I accept the way that you are. You're just fine to me until you're intentionally and acutely cruel. I don't want apologies for these things. I know I would never get them anyway. Not real ones. I have brought things up in the past and it went nowhere. I accept that all of this stuff happened. But I've spent the last 10 years trying to undo all the mental damage you did. Trying to fight for any sliver of self-esteem and to try and finally believe that I was worthy of love, real love, which Matt, Ellen, and Aunt Cynthia give to me. And Dad did when I was alive. <laughs> <When> he, <laughs> I'm dead, you guys. That's the other update. I've died, and uh, I'm, I'm, you know, recording this from purgatory because it wasn't that bad and it wasn't that good. Oh, uh, shit. And Dad did when he was alive. I was never looking to be put on a pedestal or be treated like a princess, but human decency and a little compassion would have been nice. You always say how we were, quote unquote, so close. We were, quote unquote, best friends and we were, quote unquote, nutsy. That was when I was 10. That's when I was a child. 42 years have passed since then. And you know nothing about me. And by the way, you weren't supposed to be my quote unquote best friend. You were supposed to be my mother. Matt taught me through consistent love and kindness that love is a verb, not flowery words on a piece of paper or in an email. He showed me that I'm allowed to have feelings and express them instead of saying, oh, what? Now you're pissed at me. This wasn't an easy decision to come to, but my life has been better without you in it because of the type of behavior above that created a nervous, codependent person who fears abandonment. And the only way to keep continuing to improve, although it'll never all completely go away, is to take myself out of situations like the ones you've put me in. I don't wish you any harm, but you asked Aunt Cynthia what happened, and I didn't want her to have to be in the middle. All this upsets her because she loves both of us, And it was time I finally told you how all of this got to this point and how I feel. I just refuse to set myself up for emotional sucker punches from the person who is supposed to love me unconditionally. I hope you have a good life. I don't want anything from you. I just want to live my life out peacefully without always having to wait for the hurtful comment that comes out of nowhere. And that's it. I signed it. Jill Maragos. And I sent it. I sent it uh, with tracking because the USPS, you know, the the post office here, the local post office in Memphis, is horrible. Everything gets lost. I've had packages get misdelivered and I never get them. It's really bad. So I sent it probably early April. This letter was written in March. Um, and I sent it off. I didn't check the tracking. It was weird. I did not check the tracking. Um, I assume that she got it. And after I sent it, I can say at least for a good day or two, I had this very safe feeling. It was weird. I felt like, um, I know I hate the whole inner child thing, Ugh. but I like, like a part of me, I guess, you know, you can call it inner child. Cause if you're You know, if you have feelings and stuff, you'll get what I'm saying. Um, I felt safe. I felt like uh, I had protected that person inside of me. And I was like, we're all right. Like, I finally was like, oh, no, they can't get in anymore. I've locked the door and uh, sent it off. And she didn't get it. (laughs) I checked like two weeks later. and I'm like, oh, this still says uh, out, out, not delivered yet. There's been a problem. And I didn't look again. I just, I, I thought, if I send it, she gets two, then it looks like I'm obsessing over it. And I already did my job. I sent the letter, you know, I, I feel like that's fine. And then I would say probably in July, I got a call from my aunt, Cynthia, uh, who I think she thought I knew she got it, but I didn't. And so she was saying things like, oh, your mom's going around saying these things. I'm like, what? What? And I was like, did she get the letter? And she's like, oh, yeah, she got the letter. And uh, y'all heard the letter. It's basically just point by point things that she did that were wrong and hurtful. And it closes with, you know, you always say we were so close, but that's when I was 10. All right. As a summary, <laughs> just so I can tell you this. She goes to parties, or went to parties, I don't know if she's still doing it, and would say to people, my daughter ended my relationship with me. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. We were so close. And it's hilarious, in a way, because it's literally, this letter literally just details out why I kind of like dusted my hands off and like was like, peace out. I can't anymore, right? And it also said, you know... We were close when I was 10. We played board games together. But, you know, there's been a lot of shit that happened in my life since. And she literally is like, I don't know how, but we're so close, which is hilarious. I, I thought what she was going to do is just deny it, fold it up, put it in a underwear drawer or something and just deny it happened and just keep going. Oh, no, she's great. No, she lives in Tennessee now and she's fine. Uh, but she didn't. It doesn't surprise me, though, that she uses it as a way to uh, get more attention and sympathy for herself. She did let my Aunt Chris read it, not my Aunt Cynthia, which I think is very interesting. Um, And my Aunt Chris told my Aunt Cynthia that she read it. And uh, Aunt Cynthia said, well, how was it? And she just said, well, I read it. I read it. So... I've had conversations with that Chris since then, and we don't really talk about it. I don't think that they're mad at me. Uh If they were, you know, I think that would be difficult. But at some point, you just have to go, look, this is not fair to me. And uh, I know this was a lot. This is a purge on my end. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know how useful this is for you guys. But um if you can make any use out of it, I think... The biggest, the biggest thing, like, it, you know, in my journey would be to see how things hit me, right? So if I'm reading this to you and you're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, that says something. That says something about where you're at. If you're listening to this and being like, I could never do that, I, how would I look? That says something too, you know? And I, like I said previously, I respect wherever you're at and you don't have to end a relationship with somebody if you can if you can handle it and you're like I still want at least this that's okay it's okay because you know I feel like as a person I was always looking for an outsider to give me permission and validation to do a thing I did think my therapist Patty was trying to get me to end the relationship with her and it really wasn't until I felt this sort of like calm ready feeling in my bones and just typed it all up. Didn't cry. <laughs> just was like, here's, here's why. Here, here it is. Um, and I sent it. And I don't want her to, you know, suffer and whatever else. But I also don't want to be around her. You know. I did tell my aunts that if shit goes down and, you know, I'm part of a will or whatever. Or if she's, she's going bonkers, by the way. I've gotten some of those details, you guys. Uh, she's feeding ants. Like the little insects in her house, she's feeding them and they're all over her house. So that's a thing. She uh, One of her cats died and she didn't want to spend the money to cremate it. So she put it in a couple of pillowcases, tied it up and put it in the trash, which is, oh my gosh, she's losing her marbles. But that being said, I don't want to burden my aunts and if it's paperwork or selling her house or probably throwing out a bunch of shit in her house because she's a little bit of a hoarder. Uh, I'll do all that because I don't want to burden them. So uh, yeah, not sure what you guys got out of all of this, but uh, there it is. That's the letter and I feel good about it. And it's like I said, it's just kind of, it's a big event, I guess. And that it's kind of pivotal But it also didn't feel like – like when I would break up with ex-boyfriends and just be like, fine, I'm coming over to get my watch, you know, that stuff like the, well, I'm calling you because you did this thing, you know. It it just felt like, uh, yeah, I can just set this down and walk away from it, which I think it was one of the more easier breakups in (laughs) in my life. So that's positive. Um, I'm not going to do a journal reading because this whole thing felt like a journal reading. Okay. Um, I wanted to address this because I keep saying I'm going to do an episode on boundaries and, uh, I will do that. I mean, I have to do at least that. So, but I wanted to share something, which I know, don't judge me, you guys, but I saw it on TikTok and I thought this was, uh, I thought this was pretty good, actually. This was uh, about boundaries. And a woman said this was the thing that helped her most with boundaries. So I'm going to just drop this in here as sort of the the helpful hint, okay? She said that how she handles boundaries is to put the uh, action on her, okay? So like say you're having an argument with a stranger and they're like, you're a jerk. And you're like, no, I'm not and they're mean, and they're being shitty to you. Instead of saying, oh, I don't allow people to call me a jerk and be shitty to me, what the mindset is for her is I don't stay in situations where people are shitty to me and call me a jerk. So it's your uh, standard that you set for yourself, right? So instead of saying, hey, you, Bobby Blue Balls, is that who we used to call him? I remember Tammy Bitch Tits. I don't remember the guy's name. Bobby Blue Balls, maybe. Barry Blue Balls? Benny Blue Balls. One of the Blue Ball brothers. Uh, If they're in your face being shitty, you don't have to go, look, Benny, Barry, Billy, Bobby. Uh, I don't handle that. You need to stop. That puts you controlling actions of somebody else, which you can't do. Anyway, what you say is, oh, I'm sorry. I don't stick for this kind of stuff. I got to go. I'm leaving. And I think that was a pretty cool thing. You know, I think it's scary because our whole lives we've always spent being like, oh, I got to fix this person. I got to change this person. I got to do that. You know, it's, it's made me completely codependent, all this shit with my mother. Um but to just be like, oh, no, I have this standard of how people talk to me, which sounds a little bit narcissistic in my own head immediately. But like I said, I I think I've said this before. It's either, you know, if something feels shitty. Like say you have uh, somebody who's, uh, let's just take a low level person, you know, somebody like a quote unquote friend acquaintance and you guys meet for coffee sometimes. And this person will just throw in little digs or whatever. You, you don't have to fix that person. You can just walk away from that person and it might feel shitty short term a lot to be like, yeah, I don't I don't want to meet or whatever because then maybe there's a little bit of a kerfuffle or whatever like argument or you can keep meeting this person and have this prolonged not only not good time during coffee with this person, but also the dread that you have. Having to meet her, or if she sends the email and you're like, oh no, Tammy Blueballs at gmail.com came in. You don't you don't have to you don't have to suffer long term at least is always how I looked at it. It's either an immediate no, ugh, I feel like a bad person, I'm horrible, get him out of your life. Or I can spend the rest of my life with this slow drip of gross feeling. And I would just rather rip the band-aid off And stick to her fucking forehead and be like, peace out, Tammy. I'm done. You and I are done. All right. I think that's it. I apologize again. (laughs) I made a podcast for a bunch of people who probably have abandonment issues like I do. And then I'm like, boop, drop off the bat. That was a test, you guys. (laughs) It was a test to see if you could handle it. And you did. I want to say that. You fucking did. So I'm proud of you. I'm sorry. And uh, I will do another podcast with Boundaries sooner rather than later. It won't be in 2024, I promise. All right, you guys. Go out there and keep being awesome. You're doing it. You got this. Bye.